Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Let's lift up our hands and let's magnify him. Come on, that's it all across this building. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, if you know that God is your shepherd, he's here right now. Somebody worship him and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we give you glory. We give you glory today. Come on, I feel him in this house right now. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's worship him in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let's clap our hands unto him and give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. It is such a wonderful opportunity to be in the house of the Lord here today and to be with all of you worshiping the Lord. And uh, I love what I feel in this house. How about you? This is nothing like coming to church. There's a lot of places that we could be. But let me put it this way. There's a lot of places we probably should be, and they're not as positive. Uh, but you know what? I'm thankful to God that he pulled us up out of it all, and he brought us into his house. Amen. And as the man of God said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be going open to the book of Luke chapter 13 and verse number 11. Amen. I want to say welcome home to Elder and Sister Johnson. They were visiting their uh, kids and grandkids in, in Idaho, and they're glad to be home. <laughs> Praise God. No, Southern Idaho, I don't know about that, but uh, where I come from, you know, Northern Idaho, and that's all right. But the rest of it, you know, we just let it go, but... Amen. We just, we always joke when somebody comes from California, God delivered them. And uh, if you come from southern Idaho, God delivered you too. And uh, whatever you're coming from, God delivered you to this beautiful place called Carson City. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to say thank you to the church for honoring my wife on her upcoming birthday and giving me that challenge to take her out every night. I don't know. I'm going to try my best, but... Uh, thank you for honoring her. It, it really is a blessing to be in a church that is just full of so much love and honor. And uh, we honor you today in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 13 and verse number 11. I've been in a vein for the last several weeks. And, uh, and I really feel like God is doing something. And I want to continue with what I feel in prayer and, uh, and I really want to hopefully bless somebody in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 13 and verse 11. The Bible says, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. It's a long time. A long time to be suffering. And was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Nothing she did would help her. For 18 years. I love this right here. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And after 18 years of nothing, after 18 years of not being able to lift herself up, after 18 years of suffering, and immediately she was made straight, and glorified God. I, I think that's a great opportunity for somebody to praise God right there. Hallelujah. Now the, the story, I, I, I like to end the story there, but it doesn't end there. 
And the ruler of the synagogue answered. Brother Mark, you were in the Holy Ghost. You read another verse very similar to this. It was on my mind. Amen. He answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. How dare you, Jesus, go to church and actually make people's lives better. And he said unto the people, there are six days which men ought to work, and in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. There's some people don't believe church is actually to make you better. They think it's just something you do for religious duty. Then the Lord answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And I love this verse right here. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things which were done by him. I believe God's going to shut some voices in some people's lives here today. Jesus asked a question, and I'm going to preach on it here today. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound these 18 years, be loosed on the Sabbath day? And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. I ought to be. I ought to be. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands? And let's pray all across this building. Come on, right now we're going to pray. Jesus is going to move in this house. He didn't come to church for you to stay the way you are and stay in your mess and stay bound up. But Jesus is coming to this house that you might have life and light more abundantly. He, gave, he came to make you what you ought to be. He came to heal you to what you ought to be. He came to set you free to what you ought to be. Oh, somebody magnify him right now. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here today. I ought to be. Now, I have preached out of this story uh, many, many times through the years. And it seems, as is the custom of the Bible, there's always something more. Never discount when you open your Bible that God will give you something fresh and something new. And, uh, and that's why it's such an important factor of somebody's Christian existence. Amen. Not just to go to church and be religious. But I encourage you to read the Word of God. The Bible says that there was, amen, a scenario that was set up. It was the Sabbath day. And on the Sabbath day, everybody went to church. Everybody went to the synagogue. We learn of Jesus that it was his custom to enter into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. I want you to know that it is Jesus' custom to come to church. Jesus doesn't skip out. Jesus' customary action is that he comes to church. And if that's what he did on his earthly ministry, I got good news for us here today. Amen. Jesus has come to church today. 
Amen. When you really know who Jesus is, that gets you a little excited because you know that where Jesus is, anything is possible. That where Jesus is, blind eyes have got to open. That where Jesus is, lepers have got to be cleansed. That where Jesus is, there is forgiveness of sins. That where Jesus is, there is deliverance from addiction. Amen. I get excited when I know that Jesus came to church. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Jesus' custom is to come to the house of the Lord. And today was no different. He showed up to this house. And in came a woman that showed up to church on the same day to the same synagogue that Jesus was. Amen. Jesus was not at every synagogue. Jesus was at this synagogue, and, and it happened to be that maybe this lady had been going to church for a long time, but, but, but she'd never seen anything happen in 18 long years. But she came to the right place. Amen. She came to a place where Jesus showed up. Amen. I want you to know that God is everywhere at once. He's not spread thin, but God chooses certain places for his glory to dwell. Amen. He's everywhere at once, but when the glory of the Lord showed up, amen, on the tabernacle, when the glory of the Lord showed up in the temple, when the glory of the Lord showed up on the day of Pentecost, God chooses, amen, places for his presence to dwell. That's why we believe in praise and worship around here, because he inhabits the praises of his people. I want this church to be a place, Jesus, you are welcome here. Amen. Anybody feel that way? Jesus, you're welcome here. They may not want you over there. You might stir things up too much over there, but we want you to come and be an apostolic revival center. Don't ever leave us alone. Oh, somebody clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Jesus showed up to this synagogue, and this lady showed up as well. I, I know that for some people here today, I might be touching a nerve, but this lady been broken for 18 years. But she still went to church. She still went to the house of God. There's some people think they've got it all twisted. I, I always say it this way. They've got bad theology. I've got to get good before I get God. I've got to be perfect before I can come to church. I've got to have everything lined up in an order. That, that's what church is for. It's not, a, it's not a club and a hangout for people that are perfect. But it's for those of us that were broken. It's a hospital, not a, not a club, nor a hospice. Amen. It's a hospital where people come to get better, not worse. Where people come to get better, not show off how much better they are. It's a good place. It's a good place. And when they came to church, she's been broken and she still came. I love the tenacity of this woman. And when she came, Jesus saw her. And Jesus called her to him and she decided to make that step and to go to Jesus. It meant everything would have shifted right here if she'd have said, no, I'm just going to stay where I am. I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable right now. I'm going to hang out here. It had been just another Sabbath day, just another church service. Amen. I want to help somebody here this afternoon. Your response can determine a lot of things in your life. Amen. When Jesus comes calling, your response can determine whether or not you're delivered. Your response can determine whether or not your family's saved. Your response can determine whether or not you have personal revival. 
Amen. Jesus shows up and he calls, but you've got a responsibility to say, Lord, I say yes. Amen. He says, come to me and you might be busted. Amen. And you might have to drag yourself to church. You might have to drag yourself to this front area that we call an altar. Amen. You might have to crawl your way, but whatever you do when Jesus calls, you got to come. You got to come. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's nothing like when Jesus calls. You might be burdened. There might be a lot of problems in your life. You might have some things that are busted and broken. But when Jesus calls, he's not saying, yeah, I don't notice what you got going on. He's saying, I notice that you got burdens. I notice you got pain. I notice it's been 18 years. I saw you where you were, but I'm still calling you because the only way it's going to change in your life is if you get to where I am. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on right now. There's some folks Jesus has been calling to you all week. Jesus has been calling to you all month. Jesus has been calling to you all year long. And finally you're saying, Lord, I'll come. I'll crawl if I got to. I'll, I'll hobble my way. I'll limp my way. But I will get to Jesus. Somebody lift up your hands right now. Come on. He's here in this house. He's here in this house. Amen. She said yes. And that yes was all that Jesus needed. He's, if somebody wants to stay the way they are, he will not infringe his will over their will. He will not supersede their will. He will allow them to stay the way they are. Amen. But when she said yes to Jesus, the Bible says he saw her. She came to him. Amen. He said, you're loosed. He spoke a word over her life. And then he laid his hands on her. Amen. And when Jesus laid his hands on her, immediately, it wasn't 20 years from now. It wasn't 30 years from now. When Jesus laid his hand on her, after he spoke that word of life, he said, you're going to be loose from this spirit of infirmity. You're going to be set free. Amen. The preacher comes by and preaches and says, you can be free. You can be delivered. I want you to know it's here today. Amen. Jesus is going to lay his hands on some folks and things that they've been struggling with for 18 long years. I got news for you. It's going to be loose off your life. There's some people the devil's been attacking for 18 years, 20 years, 30 years. But before you leave this building today, the Lord's going to lay his hand on you and you're going to walk out living like you are ought to be. Uh, amen. He's going to do it. He said, you're loose. He spoke the word, but then he laid his hands on her. And immediately, I love how miraculous God is. Immediately, what she could not do for herself, he was able to do. I, I you, call, you can call me crazy, but I believe that in one church service, everything can turn around. Well, Pastor, you don't know. You just don't know what's going on. And hey, I may not know, but Jesus does. And I have enough faith in Jesus that when he sees what's going on, that in one prayer meeting, everything can change. That in one altar call, you can be healed. In in one moment when Jesus lays his hand on you, I have enough faith in that Jesus that whatever's been afflicting you, whatever had his claws in your life, amen, whatever devil's been fighting you, I've got enough faith that Jesus is more powerful, that Jesus is more excellent than it all. Anybody got that faith that can worship the Lord and say, I believe in Jesus. I believe I believe he's more than sufficient. I believe he's more than enough. I believe that he's got all power. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. 
Jesus has the power. We've got to believe it, folks. Amen. We don't just come to church to be religious. We believe that Jesus has the power. Amen. Well, Pastor, I've been addicted to crack cocaine. I've seen it done time and time again. People walk in drug addicts, but immediately in an altar call, they walk away. No more addictions. I've seen people walk in and say, well, I've been living an alternative lifestyle. We had a guy in my home church named Brother Bart. Amen. But guess what? God delivered him and God healed him of AIDS. Can I preach to somebody? Well, you don't know how busted I am. I know how great Jesus is. Well, you don't know my circumstance. That's all right. I know how great Jesus is. Amen. And I know that once he gets a hold of your life, he's going to shake you out of what you are and make you what you ought to be. Oh, somebody testify. If it had not been for Jesus, you wouldn't be seeing the man you're seeing today. You wouldn't be seeing the woman you see today. It was Jesus all the way. I think somebody ought to take 30 seconds and praise him right now. You ought to just thank God. It was Jesus that made me what I ought to be. Life might have left me busted. Family might have left me busted. But Jesus made the difference. Jesus is powerful. We've got to keep holding on to that and holding on to the faith. Let all the doubters doubt. Jesus is able. But here... Jesus heals her and immediately she stands up straight. And that's how powerful he can make things happen right now, immediately. I mean, there's some people go, well, eventually. No, 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 no. Immediately. Well, one day, immediately. Amen. People have no problem with saying someday. Someday I'll. And one day I will. And eventually, no, 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 no. When you get Jesus working in your life, he can make an immediate. Hallelujah. I thank God for that. But immediately, there was two things that happened. Immediately, he speaks the word, lays hand on her. She stands up straight. And can you believe it? The indignation of the ruler of the synagogue. The indignation of of the religious, the indignation of societal norms, the indignation of people that are in charge and in control. She is now standing up straight, and how dare she? He looks at this woman who has been bowed over for 18 years. It was something that he was used to seeing. It was something that for 18 years she might have been going to that synagogue and and just just sister so-and-so. She's supposed to be that way. She just busted and there's nothing we can say about it. There's nothing we can do. She's supposed to be busted. And that's just how they are. And we're just going to, that's just how they they do things. And and they never, they always just accept things the way that they are. And that's just how it's supposed to be. But now the ruler of the synagogue got indignation thinking how dare she change in a moment's time how dare that in this moment and in this season on this day in this method by this man how dare she stand up straight let me help somebody not everybody is excited when you get changed not everybody's going to celebrate when God does something great in your life Hey, can I get anybody that can testify? Family might say, you, you know, there's something going wrong right now. I don't know about this. 
Amen. I, I remember when I first got saved. I walk. I come from a drug home, and they, they had no problem with me going to the parties and hanging out with people that I shouldn't have been with. But the moment that I went to church, all of a sudden it was like, well, we don't know about this. And they became theologians, and they wanted to try to debate somebody that didn't know anything about the Bible. All I knew is that he touched me, and he changed my life. All I know is I walked in depressed and suicidal, and I walked out with a smile on my face, and I don't know what happened. All I know is Jesus touched me. All I know is that Jesus moved in my life. Hey, you just got to get used to it. Some people aren't going to be excited about you getting hold of Jesus because they know that that means some things in your life are going to change. They know that some things in your activities are going to change. The way you talk is going to change. The way you live is going to change. The way you think is going to change. And not everybody's excited about that. Not everybody celebrates that because they know that if you're changing, they're going to feel convicted about staying the same. And they see everybody changing around them. And they go, man, you're all the problem. If you got people around you that aren't changing, that aren't growing, get a new circle. Get it. If you got people that are stagnant and they like the old you, they like the busted you for 18 years, they like the broke you, they like the sick you, they like the you of, of, of dysfunction, uh, you need to just get away from that and say, you know what, uh, I'm going to go with Jesus and I'm... I'm going to go to church where they celebrate the fact that God's doing something great. I'm going to go with Jesus where they celebrate the fact that I kicked the cigarettes. I'm going to go where they celebrate the fact that I got a job. I'm going to go to a place where they celebrate the fact that I'm going forward in life. Amen. Don't you surround yourself with people that want to hold you back like crabs in a bucket. You surround yourself with people that are saying, come on, you can go a little further. You ought to be. You ought to be. You There's a whole group. Let me help somebody here today. The, 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 the danger and the enemy of ought to be is supposed to be. There is a difference between ought to be and supposed to be. When you talk about people that are supposed to be, we find that there are people that would say you're supposed to be because of social norms. Supposed to be does not base itself off of ideals or off of facts. It's based on what everybody in the consensus around you has determined. And Jesus came on the scene and the religious, the rulers, the current social system said she's supposed to be busted. She's been that way for 18 years. We like her that way. Amen. She's supposed to be down. She's supposed to be broke. She's supposed to be busted. She's supposed to be. And they got you to uh, the social norm uh, and this lady for 18 years uh, no matter how hard she tried uh, could in no wise lift herself up but she was bowed over uh, and let me help somebody she could not help herself uh, but that's also lets me know that there was nobody else that was trying to help her because they said you're just supposed to stay that way uh, nobody was interested in saying you can come up out of that because you're just supposed to be an alcoholic uh, you're supposed to be a drug addict uh, you're supposed to go from one relationship to another uh, you're supposed to go from one marriage uh, to another that's what you're supposed church cannot preach uh, we ought to be some things uh, we don't have to go with the supposed Hallelujah, I came to preach in this house. This whole society says 70% of marriages are ending in divorce. You're supposed to not make it. I come against that in the name of Jesus. You ought to be happy. 
You ought to be holy. You ought to be blessed. You ought to have a... Well, your kids ought to end up messed up. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, that when Jesus shows up, he doesn't speak what society says you're supposed to be. Jesus shows up and begins to speak what you ought to be. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. Come on, we come against the society uh, that says you're not supposed to know your gender. Uh, I want you to know uh, God has already ordained it, uh, and God is going to help you to look at yourself uh, through the right lens. Society will have a lot of supposed to be's, and what they'll do is they'll try to form you into a brick. Amen. Shave and break you down, mold you down to what they want you to fit into. But not everybody's supposed to is what you need. Jesus shows up, and he begins to challenge that thought process. They said to Jesus, you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath day. My question is, where'd they get that from? Where'd they get that bad theology from? Six days thou shalt work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest. And if you look through the book of Leviticus, you look through the Old Testament, it says that you should don't do no servile work. They understood that very well. They were just slaves in Egypt. They knew what servile work was. Amen. But he wasn't saying you got to go to the extent where now, amen, if somebody's hurting, you just leave them alone and you don't do anything. In fact, the people, amen, they were using this, he said, on oxes and on donkeys, that if they needed water, they'd give them water. And if they needed something else, amen, because of who owned them. Oh, I'm going to come help somebody. Because of who owned the donkey, because of who owned the ox, that individual had a responsibility on that individual. And it felt like it was, it was that, that, that donkey's right to have water to drink, even if it's the Sabbath day. It's that ox's right to have food, even though it's the Sabbath day. It's just an animal, it, it, and I own it, and I've got a responsibility towards it. I'm going to help somebody here today. The political, amen, arena, the, 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 the surrounding circumstances says, amen, you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath day. She's not supposed to get better on the Sabbath day. It began to say this is just not how it's supposed to be. Nobody could vote about it to make her different. Nobody could help make her different. Everybody was fighting against her getting different. Nobody came around and took a consensus and said, well, all right, maybe today she can be all right. Jesus began to rebuke them because every individual, he began to, and some people don't always understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you all own something. You have possession of something, which means you have a responsibility for it. And what do you do when you've got a responsibility for something? He said, you take care of it, and Jesus did not rebuke them for that. And this is what I love about Jesus. He begins to break through all of their false ideologies and mindsets. And he said, ought not this woman, and I love how he puts it, who is a daughter of Abraham. What Jesus is doing is he's saying just like you own the ox and you own the cattle and you own the farm and you own this. I want you to know that this individual ought to be whole. This individual ought to be free. This individual ought to be loose. Not based on what she's done. Not based on her goodness. Not based on the consensus around her. There was no popular vote for her. Amen. But this woman ought to be free because 
because of whose daughter she is. Some of y'all are about to get it in a moment. God's got a responsibility over his people. And when he looks at your broken condition, he doesn't look down with disdain. But he looks down and he says, you're my child and you ought to be. You're It was not based on what she did or did not do. It was based on whose daughter she was. It was based on the relationship that she had. He looked down and said, she ought to be free. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Come on. I've come to help somebody here today. Amen. There's a whole society around you saying you should be broken. You should be in a mess. You should be struggling. You should have. And it just wants to keep pushing that narrative. And if you're not careful, you'll accept that narrative. But Jesus is looking down from heaven saying, you're my child. And you're part of the kingdom of God. And you ought to be. I've come to help somebody here today. Psychologists have done something. Amen. They've done a lot of studies on something called internal dialogue. Internal dialogue is based on, uh, amen, external information uh, that is then being processed. And what happens is people begin to talk to themselves in their brain. Uh, only a small portion of our brain is used uh, for external communication. Only about that much, which means the rest of the dialogue that you, before it ever comes out of your mouth, that's why the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. It only lets out about that much. It's only the abundance. It's only what flows over that comes out, which lets me know there's a whole lot more going on up here. And they begin to study, and they've talked about internal dialogue. And it, it's what we tell ourselves. It's what we process and how we process external source information. And we are processing it from an internal location. Amen. These, these areas in which we can get it, family, friends, education, situations, trauma. And we take that information, and we internalize it. And this is what they found. They said at least 80% of people's narrative or people's internal dialogue is negative. I'm going to let that sink in for somebody. 80% of people's internal dialogue is negative. You know what it is? It's taking all the information that says what we should be, what we're supposed to be. You know, you just, you just, you, you're, you're supposed to be, amen, broke. You're supposed to be uneducated. You're supposed to be, and it could be somebody hurt you along the lines. And this woman's frailty was, was that word frailty is frailty of mind or a body. I don't know if it was a physical frailty. All I know is eventually it became, amen, a physical condition. But this woman was plagued, and here she is. She's standing straight. She knows the reality is I am standing straight, but she's got all these other dialogues happening. There's a religious that says, you know, she's supposed to stay that way. She's not supposed to get better. She's, she's not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to heal people, Jesus. Today's not the day. It's not a good time. I'm preaching to somebody right now. The devil's in your ear saying, you don't want to be free. You know, you should just stay quiet. You should just stay in your seat. You should just not move. You should not accept the word of God. 
what's happening. There's a dialogue happening on the external. And Jesus is saying, she ought to be free. Church, the devil's been yelling in some people's ears saying you should be, you should be, you should be. You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be walking. You're not supposed to be worshiping after all you've been through. You're not supposed to be blessed. Don't you know the family you come from? You're not supposed to go to college. Don't you know that your IQ is not like everybody else's? And there's a voice. But Jesus comes by. And he says, you ought to be. You ought to be. There's some people hearing that voice here today. You ought to be. You can fill in the blank here this afternoon with whatever it is. You ought to be blessed. You ought to be favored. You ought to, Come on, somebody. You ought to come up in life. Amen. You ought to listen to the voice of Jesus, not the norms of society, not the norms of the people that surround you. You ought to have mental stability. You ought to have joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You might as well have peace as well, that you're not up all night anxious can I preach we ought to be we ought to be we ought to be somebody stand across this building lift up your hands come on do you know whose child you are you're a child of Jesus. You're a child of the king. You're a child of the kingdom. He's got a responsibility to make you what you ought to be. But you've got a right to be what you ought to be. You're in the kingdom. Come on, somebody, let's pray right now. Come on, there's dialogue happening all around you. Coming from the news media, coming from our society, coming from this present evil world, coming from friends, coming from family members, saying, you know, you're just not supposed to change like that. You're not supposed to grow like that. But Jesus is coming and saying, you ought to be. I've got so much more for you. i got blessings that you didn't even know were in store for you. Amen. You ought to be. Ought to be is an, the ought is an old English word which goes back and bases itself off of the ideal. God's an idealist. His word is ideal. I read that word and I go, man, I don't line up to that. But guess what? I don't change the word. I change me. Because I ought to be able to follow that. I ought... <laughs> I ought to be able to just live up to that. So what do I do? I go to Jesus and say, Lord, lay your hands on me again and make me what I... I don't quit and give up and give in because I didn't, I didn't quite reach it. I go back to the foot of the cross. I go back to the altar and say, Lord, I need you to make me what I ought to be. I know I'm not where I want to be, but Lord, could you help me get the rest of the way to what I ought to be? a whole attack of the enemy we talked about last week. It's deception. You know what the devil told Eve? He said, God knows if you eat this, Brother Brinson, you'll be like God. I got a question. At what point were they not like God already? Misinformation, misdirection, it's a lie. It's a trap like I was preaching last week. And, and, and people fall into that and they go, well, I'm not. I'm not like him. So I got to do something. And this is where people get all messed up. 
they start trying to fill their lives with all these other things that God never called them to. And they fall into this pit. And what do they do? They hide themselves from God because I'm not like him. The snare of the enemy that got me to think I was, I was going to do this and then be more like God, it made me less like God. And guess what God does? He shows up. And they said, he said, where are you? He said, well, we're over here. We hid ourselves because we're naked. You know what God asked? Who told you? Who, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were deficient? Who told you that you weren't in the image of God? Who told you you couldn't do what God has called you to do? Who told you you didn't have potential? Who lied to you? Who told you you can't be what you ought to be? Who said that you're just busted and broken? Poor old me. The devil's coming by and telling people, you know what? You should be ashamed of yourself. You'll never amount to anything. There's voices in people's past right now that are coming by and saying, you can't ever come up. But God is laying his hands on some folks right now saying, hey, I never told you that. You ought to be. You ought to be free. Come on, you ought to be blessed. You ought to, you ought to come to this altar. Today you ought to give your life to Jesus. You ought to be a Christian. You ought to be apostolic. You ought to be, get your life in the hands of Jesus. Amen. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you should stay where you are. You're supposed to not change. You ought to come to Jesus and say, God, lay your hand on me and help me be what I ought to be. Come on, I want to open up this altar. Would you come right now? There's some folks right now that God is changing the narrative in your mind. You got some dialogue in your head. Amen. That you've been processing and 80% of it's negative and self-demeaning. But God has sent a preacher to this house to come and tell you, you can come up out of that. You ought to, you ought to be whole. You not broken. That's not what God said. God said you ought to be free. God said you ought to be loose. God said you ought to be delivered. I trust him. Come on right now, somebody pray. Empty out your seats right now. Devil's been given misdirection and misinformation, yelling in your ear. You're not supposed to have any change. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to grow. Everything's supposed to fall around you. You're supposed to struggle in every area of your life. But God's saying you ought to be. You're a child of mine. I got a responsibility for you, and you got a right from me. Somebody pray right now. Come on, that's it. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, you got child, you got rights as a kid of the king. You got rights as a child of the kingdom. You got rights to be free. You got rights to worship. You got rights to say, I'm, I'm gonna move forward. Come on, that's it. The Holy Ghost is in this house. Come on, that's it. The Holy Ghost is in this house. There's people getting delivered right now of uh, what they said you're supposed to be. There's some people getting delivered off the tags that they said you're just supposed to do this and you're supposed to be. Well, I drank, you got to drink. And I was on drugs, you got to be on drugs. You're supposed to be busted. No, I ought to be free. I ought to be delivered. I ought to be what Jesus said I am. No chains are holding me. It's who I choose to be. 
Come on, somebody fight for who you ought to be. Somebody pursue who you ought to be. Somebody pray about who you ought to be. I want you to come to this front and pray at this altar area. Choose to be brave. 
Somebody said you're supposed to be. What society said you're supposed to be. Run after what Jesus said you ought to be. Run after the biblical ideal. Run after God's ideal. <laughs> 